talk and it's coming from a double heart. And that's something that, how does David battle that? How, how would we battle this today? How can you keep someone from talking about you? Can you? I mean, really, what, what, what can you do? You know, that, that shows who that person really is, you know, by, by what they say. You know, if you want to know how, truly how somebody is, if you want to see what's in the inside, and we always say all the time, well, we just don't know a person's heart. Listen to what they say for a while. You start listening to what they say for a while, you'll know what's in their heart. Now, God is the true judge of someone's heart, but we can see the fruits of what's in their heart by the things that come out of their mouth. And that's exactly what David is saying, and that's what Jesus said. So David knows how to battle in a battle. He knows how to fight but how do you fight this? This is why I believe he's so distraught. He said, Lord, help me, because it doesn't seem like there's, there's any faithful that's around. They're disappearing, because here's what I'm seeing around me. I'm seeing people with idle talk. I'm seeing people that's got a double heart, and they're, they're just using these flattery. I, I could almost picture them coming up and just really flattering David and probably trying to get him to say something so they could run back and tell Saul about it. You know, that that's... Why do, why do people use flattering words? What, what would be their motive? Yeah. always trying to now is there anything wrong with paying somebody a compliment nothing wrong with paying somebody a compliment at all being very flattering towards someone but using flattering words in the essence of what David's talk about along with this idle talk and, and, and using the double heart that's where a, an individual has a motive they're not sincere in what they're doing they're not sincere in what they're saying. They're, they've, they've got an angle. They're trying to figure something out. They're trying to figure your weakness out. Trying to let you let your guard down so you can say something so they can use that against you. Now, if someone is just super nice and using flattering words and trying to trick us, if we don't see that and recognize that, we may open, open up to them and think that they're sincere, won't we? And then what we're doing is giving them information to use against us. That's why it's so hard, you know, we talk about as Christians, we ought to be open with each other. We ought to share things with each other so we can help each other. So we don't, remember, so we don't just say when somebody says, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. We, we really tell them if we're not doing fine or we tell them if things are going good. But we say that and do that, and we should be able to do that with the confidence that they're not going to use that against us. You know, I, I, I use this part when it comes to premarital counseling. I talk with the uh, uh, prospective husband and wife, and I say, you know, your, your spouse should know more about you than anybody else does. And you should be able to trust them with that information, your strengths and your weaknesses, that they will never use that against you. That you can trust them with your weaknesses. You can trust them with the things that you say. And if you don't believe you have that trust, you need to have some more conversations. You, you, you need to talk more about that. 
Because it, it shouldn't be something that you tell them and they're thinking in their mind, okay, I'll keep that in the back of my head and, 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 and I may use that one day if I need it. it. It shouldn't be about that at all. And the same thing should be true with Christians, shouldn't it? We're in the body of Christ. We're together as a family. You know, our, our family, we should be able to trust them with our strengths and our weaknesses. You know, the Bible talks about bearing with the scruples and things of the weak. Do you ever read that? And I think about that a lot. Do we ever read that and think we're the weak one or we're the strong one? And what would we do with the information that we have of the weak? Do we belittle them because we think they ought to know more than what they do or they ought to be more faithful than they are or they shouldn't be tempted the way that they're tempted? There's a lot of times that there's opportunities to do wrong based on information and the closeness that we have with someone but we need to make sure we always use those opportunities for good. So when David's talking about here, I believe, when he's talking about how they, they use their idle words and, and they, use flatter, they have flattering lips. You know, and I like how he says this, they've got flattering lips. He, he didn't say they're very flattering towards someone. They have flattering lips. Like it, It's almost like Jesus said when it comes to the Pharisees, they honor, he quotes Isaiah saying, they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So see, David says they have a, a, a double heart. So with this, this coming from a double heart, well, which heart is, is the right one? I, I shouldn't have two, should I? You know, the Bible, James even talks about a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Is this the same thing? So we've got to be very careful when it comes to that. But again, they, they, they use, I believe what David is referring to here is these flattering uh, lips, they're trying to use that against him, trying to get him to get his guard down. Um, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Remember Paul says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for ne necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the, to the hearers. So what's Paul saying? The things that proceeds out of our mouth should be things for... Uh, edification. It should be things to build someone up. Uh, my wife will a lot of times quote this verse to me before I come to church. She said, you remember this when you're talking to Relly, because she knows how I like to, to, to poke him a little bit. And she said, you remember, it's got to be for edification. You make sure you, you talk nice now. I said, well, if I did, he wouldn't, he'd think I was mad at him then. So, uh, but that's the way we should be, shouldn't it? We, we should say things for edification. We should say things to help build someone up, not to gain information to tear them down or to say things to tear them down. But I think it's like, I believe it was Bill that said earlier, why do they do this? They do it to make themselves feel good. If I can get someone else to look bad or feel bad, then what I'm trying to do is, is to make myself look good or feel good in comparison. And it's unfortunate that it takes that for some people to feel good. It takes someone's sorrow for them to have joy. And it shouldn't be like that. In Proverbs chapter 6, notice what God says about it. Uh, These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift and running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren. Most of these here, that's what David has been covering. 
When he talks about the wicked, this is what it is. And David, and it even says here, what does the Lord hate? A proud look. We're going to see on in the Psalms, these individuals that do this and say this are very proud. They're, they're boastful about it. It says a lying tongue. What are the things that they're saying about David? Uh, so in discord, these types of things. See, we don't think about... Uh, I think sometimes we don't classify the tongue so much as sin unless we're thinking cuss words or something. Do we think about gossip as sin? Do we think about, you know, I, I, I was thinking about this. I don't know that I ever have or I've ever had anybody come and talk to me as long as I've been uh, 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 a minister that's ever come and they want to talk to me about uh, some sin in their life and we start discussing it. I don't know if one time it's ever been gossip. I, I can't ever remember one time it's, it's ever been. Someone said, I've, I've, been, I've been gossiping. I've been a busybody or a slanderer. Or, I can't think of one time. Now, I can think of several times that someone's come and said, you know, Ronald, uh, we need to go talk to this individual because they've been gossiping about me or they've been slandering me or, or something. It, it's very easy to see it in someone else. I think it's very difficult to see it in ourselves. But don't you think that people see it in somebody else because they recognize their own sin? They're not willing to accept it? Um, yeah, I, I believe that could be a big part of it. Yeah, you'd recognize it pretty easy, wouldn't you? Um, and I think, that's, I think that is what, what happens. I can remember one time that I know of that I, that I did. It was a, a gentleman that just everywhere I went, he was saying something about me. I mean, it was, he, he wanted to preach where I was preaching was the problem. And, uh, and I told him several times, I said, just tell the elders. If they say yes, I'll be gone by tonight. It won't take me an hour to leave, you know, if, if that's what they want. But it, just everywhere, it was always something. So uh, he came for a gospel meeting that we had, and I said, I, I need to talk to you after services. And I, I got him with the other three elders, and I, I quoted a few verses about gossip, and boy, he got offended. I thought he was going to have a heart attack. He got offended pretty bad. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm, I'm trying to stop a gossip. You know, I, I don't understand why you want to say things about this congregation, and especially about me, you know, in particular in this instance, that is none of your business. You know, that has nothing to do with you, you know. He said, well, I didn't say anything bad. I said, I didn't necessarily say it was bad. It's just things that were none of your business. I don't understand why you want to do that. He said, well, I'm 73 years old. No one's ever said that to me. And I said, well, maybe that's the problem, you know. That, that's my problem if somebody don't say something to me. Maybe I don't recognize what I do unless somebody says it, you know. And the point I'm trying to make is I think sometimes we don't realize Matter of fact, one thing that he said, well, everything I said was true. It doesn't have to be a lie to be gossip, does it? It can be something that don't need to be public. Matter of fact, there was one issue that was going on with a, with a family that what was a very sensitive thing, and he found out bits and pieces, so he was talking about things he just didn't understand about it, and it was actually making the, the situation worse. And we can do that. You know, sometimes we think if we got just a little bit of information, we know the whole story, and we can't wait to tell it to somebody over here. I know, but people know that it's the truth. They don't think it's gossip. Mm -hmm. They think, well, it's the truth, so I'm not telling a lie. That's not it. But because it's the truth, we really need to listen to Yeah, 
And, and that's not an easy thing to do. I think we get so, um, I don't want to say it's a habit. I say we don't think about it, the, the devastation of it, you know, as it is. Uh, just like say, I mean, think about it. If, you, if I was talking to someone that, that's in front of me and, I, and I'm talking to them about somebody, would I say the same thing to them if that person was standing behind me that I was talking about? Would I say the same thing? If I wouldn't say the same thing, I wouldn't need to be. I don't need to be saying it. If I wouldn't say it to them, I shouldn't be saying it about them. And if I said it to them, it still may not be anything I need to tell anybody else. Bill, do you have something? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And I've had conversations with individuals. And I've asked them something, and they said, well, that's really not any of your business. And there's times I've thought, well, it's not none of my business. I've asked. You know, you know it takes me a minute to think, okay, it, it's none of my business. It, it, it's not. You know, and, and we, we need to make sure. And sometimes we do it innocently, and it's still not our business, and we can still cause harm. And sometimes we can do it from a malicious place to where we're trying to accomplish something because of it. Um, but I think we need to give it some consideration and make sure that we're not doing it unaware because we may be unaware that we're even doing that. You know, be careful what we say. Think about what we, uh, uh, what we talk to people about. Think about the subject matter of it. Is it something that we need to tell? Is it going to be for edification? Is it going to be for, for somebody's good? Or are we just saying it because we want somebody like us over here or think we're in the know because we know something about it? That we're important because we know something about it. Um, and we need to be careful with that. Any other thoughts about that? Uh, notice verse three, 3 through 5. Notice how he says here. A plea for God to judge those who speak wickedly. That, that's what he's, what he's talking about here. He says, May the Lord cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things. Who have said with our tongue we will prevail? Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? For the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy. Now I will arise, says the Lord. I will set him in the safety uh, for which he yearns. So he says here, may the Lord cut off all flattering lips. So he, he goes into to telling God how he feels. He's going in to tell God of the characteristics of things that he's seeing around him individuals do. And now he's saying, may the Lord cut off the flattering lips. May, may they stop it. Because he realizes he's not going to be able to do it. There's not anything that he can do. I can't physically stop someone from slandering me, talking bad about me, doing something. You know, I, I guess I could kill them. I don't know. <laughs> but that's not the right thing to do. I mean, I, I, I can't go out and battle them like, like we, you know, uh, a warrior would. You know, like if you're going into battle against your enemies. You just have to trust that one... Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, and hopefully the people that knows you best won't believe it. Um, so David says here, may the Lord cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things. Again, remember we read the things that God hates, doesn't we? You know, he, he, the, the proud, the, 
uh, the one that sows discord, the one that's, that's lying, the one that's slattering. These are the things that God... And the reason I believe is that, that this is included when it comes to murder and things like that, the devastation that it can cause. You know, if, if I say something about someone, as they say, I can't get that toothpaste back in the tube. You know, I can... You know, ask forgiveness, I can talk to them about it, I can tell those around that I've, that I've told about it, but still, it's out there. You, you can't get it back. So we have to be very careful with the, with the words that we say, these, these idle words, these flattering words, these slanderous words, this gossip, these, that what comes out of our mouth. You know, the Bible talks about how we need to be, uh, our, our body needs to glorify God. And, and the last I checked, you know, my tongue is part of my body. So the things that I say need to be the things that, that glorify God. And you say, well, uh, how, how do I do that? Well, by not doing these things. By being different than what everybody else is. You know, the only reason that somebody can gossip and slander and do those things is because somebody listens to it. Maybe we need to make sure we're not the ones that's listening to it. You know, what is that hee-haw song? You know, I don't go around spreading rumors, so you better be sure and listen close the first time. You know, that's how we think about it. If I tell it once, as long as I don't tell it again, it's all right. Or if I listen to it and just don't tell it, then that's okay too. Well, I, I'm contributing in it, aren't I? You know, I, 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 we, I mean, how would somebody react if they start saying something? We just say, no, that, that's none of my business, so I, I don't want to hear anything about it. I'd, I'd rather you just not say anything to me. How would somebody react if we said that to them? You ever had to say that to somebody? I've had to say that to somebody before. But unfortunately, there's a lot of times I didn't say that. I just kind of stood there and I didn't like what they were telling me, but I didn't stop it. Yeah, I would that. I'm talking about gossip. and the, Exactly. It, it, it should be the same thing. Yeah. But see, again, I think that's how we classify it. Because that's what I was thinking in my mind. I would if it was somebody cussing around me. I, I've done that many times, even at a restaurant, a table beside us. You know, you need to hold down. We, I, I don't want to hear that. My kids didn't want to hear that. You know, you, 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 you talk better than that. You know, well, would I say that to somebody that's gossiping? Would I say that to somebody that's slandering? Would I view that in the same context? I think it goes back to having that repentful attitude, to thinking about, as, as Philippians tells us, think about those things that are pure, those things that are true, those things that are noble. You know, seek out those things. Surround yourself with individuals that will do that. Uh, again, you know, somebody can't tell it unless somebody's listening. You know, so uh, maybe that's how 
you know, maybe that will help us a lot more is to make sure we're not the ones listening to it and that may help us not be the ones that do it. And like I say, we may do it unintentionally. We may say something that we don't think is, is wrong or untruthful or something, but it still may be something that could harm somebody else. I've had individuals tell me something about somebody even before I met them, and it actually skewed my thinking about them when I did meet them. That's what I thought about. I, I didn't judge them based on my conversation with them, based on anything else. I judged them on what I heard about them. And then I, as I got to know them, I found out that wasn't true at all. You know, and we've we got to be careful, careful about that. But here he talks about how God... Uh, uh, the Lord will cut off the flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things. And he says, here's what they say. With our tongue we will prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? So here's what he says they're saying. It's my lips. It's my heart. It's my, I'll do what I want to do. Who's Lord over us? Who's going to stop me? You going to stop me, David? Are you going to stop me? Is the Lord going to stop me? Who is our Lord? You know, this, this is... They're, they're proud. And here's why. I really think someone that slanders, someone that gossips, someone, don't ever think that they're going to get caught. Again, if they're gossiping about somebody to somebody here, I don't think they'd say it if that person was standing behind them. Because then they'd know they'd get caught. They, they, they're always proud and, and arrogant and boastful, thinking, oh, they'll never know why I, I said this. And believe me, it, it always, somebody always will. I mean, you, it, it, as, as the Bible tells us, your sin will find you out. It will come, it will come uh, back to you. Some, some way it'll get traced back to you. But I think the person that's doing it don't think that it ever will. I think they're like this. They're boastful. They're proud. They, uh, they say, our, our tongue, we will we'll prevail. You know, who's, it's our own lips. Who's, who's Lord over us? Who, who's going to stop us? And we're going to see that here in a little bit. That's what David is, is, is getting to. But here, here's how, and I, and I think David has a legitimate struggle here. He's crying out to, the, to God and he's saying, here's what I'm feeling because here's what I'm seeing. Here's what they're doing. I can't do anything about it because they're crying out. Who's going to stop us? It, it, it's my own lips. I'll say what I want. I'll do what I want. I'll, you know, it's, it's and what, what really can David do about it? That's why he's crying out to the Lord. It says, For the oppression of the poor, uh, for the sighing of the needy, now I will rise. Now he's saying, this is what, what God's going to say. Here's what the wicked said. It's our lips. It's our, uh, uh, it's our own lips. It's our own tongue. We'll, we'll say what we want. We'll do what we want. Who's our Lord? It says for the, the Lord says this, For the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy, now I will arise, says the Lord. I will set him in the safety for which he yearns. Lord said, I, I can do something about it. And he will eventually do something about it. But we're going to see as it goes down to verse 8, David realizes, yeah, the Lord knows about it. The Lord can do something about it. But in the meantime, the wicked is still going to be out there. The, the, the faithful are still going to have to face them. But here he says, the Lord does know. You can't hide that from him. You may say, who's our Lord? You're going to find out who your Lord is. All knees going to bow, remember? If you don't bow now, you're going to bow then. 
You may not think about it now. You may put it out of your mind now. You may say, I'm, and again, with this selfish generation, this selfishness that we have to where it's all about me, it's, it, it's all about what I want and what my needs are, that's what you're getting now. I can do what I want to do. I can say what I want to say. And, and they're right, they can. But eventually there's going to be consequences for that. You know, we're going to be held accountable. The Bible tells us we're going to be held accountable for every idle word. Can you imagine that? Those that I've not took care of, but can you imagine? I mean, think of just the words you said today. Were they for edifying? Were they for comfort? Were they for building up? Were they in anger? Laughter? Joy? I mean, just think about all the words that you, you said today. It's, it, it's a sobering thought. The Lord said, now I will arise, says the Lord. I will set him in the safety for which he yearns. James chapter 1, verse 26 says, If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Benjamin Franklin wrote this. He said, since I cannot govern my own tongue, Though within my own teeth, how can I hope to govern the tongues of others? That's pretty smart, isn't it? You know, if I, if I can't control my own, and it's, it's right here in my teeth, I can bite my tongue if I want to. How, how, how can I stop somebody else? And I think that's what David is feeling, and that's what David's thinking here. That's why he's crying out to God. And James says again, if, if, if anyone among you thinks he's religious does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart. This one's religion is useless. You know, what we say, you know, we talk about our actions. You know, our action speaks volumes, and it does. But so does our tongue. You know, you, you start listening to people, or people's listening to us. They're wanting to know how we react to things. They're wanting to know what we think about things. They want to know what we say about things. The world's watching. What makes us any different than anyone else? You know, when the Bible talks about that, that our righteousness has to exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees, you know, you, you compare that there. You, they gave, they prayed, they, they did all of these things. So our righteousness has to exceed theirs because they were nothing but whitewashed tombs. They were full of dead man's bones. It was all for show for them. So we've got to be different than that. What comes out from the inside has to be different. And that has to be shown by the words in which we say, the things in which we do. And we are accountable for that. And we've got to be careful, as James says. James chapter 3, verse 5. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. Oh, it's just a little thing. But boy, look at what it can do. Have you ever got to the point where you said, Boy, I wish I'd never said that. Because of what, what transpired. And it may not have been anything bad. But what transpired after you said that may have turned into something that you didn't account for. Men know what I'm talking about. You go home and just say something out of the blue to your wife and then you realize, okay, she didn't have the kind of day that I thought she had. I wish I'd never said that. 
I know what the rest of my afternoon is going to be like. Oh, I've stuck my foot in my mouth a lot and think, why did I say it? I thought it. Why didn't I stop it somewhere here? And that's, that's one of my biggest problems. I, I, there's, no, there's no stopping. I think it up here and then I say it. And I think, well, if I thought it, I might as well just say it. No, that's not true. <laughs> you know, some things you just need to just wait a minute. I envy those individuals when you're talking to them. They're sitting there and you're thinking, are they listening to me? Because they never say anything back for a long time because they're thinking about what they're saying. And I used to say, until I got studying my lesson I did Sunday night, on a lot of things, well, I, that's just who I am. I just do it. I'm not going to say that anymore. I, 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 I've started looking at that and think, you know, we make our own choices. We choose how we're going to be. So I, 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 can, I can close this for a little while and think through what I'm going to say, make sure I say it the right way, make sure I say it in an encouraging way. Not with a tone. You ever been told that? Yeah, but you had a tone. I didn't know. I didn't know I had a tone. You know, yeah, or an attitude. Yeah, I didn't know I did, but evidently I did at times. You know, didn't think I did, but that's because we don't think about it. We we don't think about how we say something or how we present something. Again, what we're saying may be true, and it may be even studying the Bible. I I, I went on Bible studies with individuals. And as soon as we walk in the door, I knew we was going to do absolutely no good. I went with one guy. We walked straight to the kitchen table. He threw down the Bible, and he said, you know what we're here for? Let's get to it. I thought, boy, that really set the tone. You know, how, how, how can you start with that? I mean, Jesus himself shows us how to teach. You give hearing to the gospel. Doesn't mean you compromise, but don't mean you just hammer people either. It's how you say things. It's how you present things. It comes down to, to the tongue again. It's just a little member, but what a fire it can kindle. But again, uh, the Lord said he knows that, and he can, he can take care of that. Verses 6 and 7, real quick. The, word of the, Lord's are, the words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of, of earth, purified seven times. You shall keep them, O Lord. You shall preserve them from this generation forever. Now, David's making a contrast. Okay, here's what men do. Here's the words that they say. Here's how it compares to God. It doesn't even compare. God is, God's words is like refined silver seven times. In other words, it's just as pure and true as it can possibly be. Proverbs chapter 30, verses 5 and 6 says, Every word of God is pure he is a shield to those who put their trust in him. Do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you, and you be found a liar. So Proverbs says here, every word of God is pure. John 17 and 17 says, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, Thoroughly equipped to every good work. It's so true and complete and pure. It's everything that we need. So we can take it for exactly what it is. God's proved himself with that. So it's total trust. God knows, knows our weaknesses. He knows our strengths. He knows our needs. He instructs us in everything to do. He's not going to lead us astray. So there's the difference in trusting in men and trusting in God. David said, okay, here's what the wicked will do. Here's what man will do. 
But here's where God's word stands. It stands true when it comes to every side. Luke chapter 21 and verse 33. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word by no means will pass away. Look at all through the years, all through the ages, men have tried to destroy it, have tried to discredit it, has tried to do everything they possibly could. Is it still here? Is it still ring true? No matter what they've done, it's still here. It can't be, it, it won't be destroyed. God said, my word will not return to me void. So it's pure and it's true. As David says, purified seven times over. It don't get any purer than what God's word is. And that's the difference when it comes to God and man. And then verse 8, it says, The wicked prowl on every side when vileness is exalted among the sons of men. So it may seem, you know, David gets on a high here and he talks about all the greatness of God, but he also says here at the end how uh, the vileness of men is just, it's still going to be there. There's nothing we can, we can do that's going to get rid of it. There's going to be people who, who say these things. There's going to be people who do these things. There's going to be people who slander. All we can do is live the best that we can, one, not to be a part of that, but two, to live the best that we can, speak the best that we can, so our actions and our speech will judge itself, no matter what anybody says about us. Try to live in such a way where our enemies can't even say anything bad about us when it comes to these things. But that's going to take effort on our part. So I hope, again, we can look at David's words and see, uh, uh, again, his confidence in God when he's faced with these things.